several years ago. My wife, Lauren, and our kids and I, we were living in northern Illinois. We began to get the sense that God was calling us to do something different, but we had no idea what God might be calling us to do or where God might be calling us to go. We used to have this joke in our home. We'd say, we're not sure if God is calling us to Chicago, which was just down the road, or to rural Idaho. But candidly, it didn't make any difference at all, whether it was 150 miles away or whether it was 1,500 miles away. The decision to uproot a family and move across the country is a difficult, major life decision. And we've all had to make those at one point in time or another, haven't we? I mean, the truth is that life changes and we all have to make difficult decisions along the way. Decisions like taking a new job or moving across the country, getting married or the deciding to have a family, the decision to buy a home or sell a home or move to independent living or to accept this treatment plan or that treatment plan. These are all major life decisions. So how do you know? How do you know what decision is right? Or maybe more importantly, how do you know where God is calling you to go? Throughout my years of ministry, this has been the most frequently asked question that has come into my office. Pastor, how do you know what God's calling you to do? And I've spent my whole life trying to live under the covering of God's will for my life, I've spent time reading the scriptures and I've read countless books on discernment and these have been wonderful things, but honestly, I've learned more about discernment, spiritually speaking, through actual real life experiences than any book that I've read about it. I somewhat equate it to like playing the piano. You can read books about playing the piano. You can even learn music theory. You can figure out what a piano is made of and what keys are what keys on the front of the piano. But until you actually sit on the piano bench and put your hands on the keys, you're not going to learn to play the piano. And so it is with spiritual discernment. It's through the act of prayerfully seeking the Lord and asking, Lord, where do you want me to go that we learn the most about spiritual discernment. So for me, I've learned more about spiritual discernment through actual real life experience than through anything I've read before. But that doesn't make it any less complex. I mean, the thing that makes spiritual discernment so complex is that these major life decisions have a complicated web of variables on the front end and consequences on the back end. So for us to make a difficult decision, it requires that we make decisions with limited knowledge about what the consequences of our actions are going to be. And actually, this is the great equalizer between spiritual discernment and just human discernment. None of us have perfect knowledge or foresight in our lives, and so all of us make a decision based on faith. That is, a decision to do something with the limited knowledge that's at our disposal. But this actually brings us to a key distinction between spiritual discernment and human discernment. Because for human discernment, we are placing our trust in our ability to know all the details up front and to predict how those details are going to lead to consequences in our lives. But spiritual discernment has a power that human discernment doesn't have. Because for spiritual discernment, we're not placing our trust in our own ability to know what's going to happen, but rather 
We are placing our trust in God who made us and knows us and loves us more than we could possibly imagine. And he alone knows the consequences of every decision we could ever make. So for spiritual discernment, we are placing our trust in the living God to lead us and guide us. Maybe we could give the definition to spiritual discernment as this. It's learning to listen to the voice of God, to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and to follow wherever we discern that God is calling us to go. Spiritual discernment isn't just wisdom and it's not just good judgment. Wisdom is the ability to accurately predict the consequences of our actions. Typically we get better at this, because we reflect on our experiences, what has happened in our past then informs the decisions and the consequences that we predict in the future. And this is a wonderfully good thing. But spiritual discernment transcends just wisdom. And spiritual discernment is not just making good judgments by weighing the pros and cons of a given situation. This is a valuable tool that helps give us insight into our lives, and yet spiritual discernment transcends even good judgment. Certainly it includes both, but it transcends. For me and my family, learning to discern the Lord's leading in our lives was catalyzed by this situation that led us to uproot our family from Northern Illinois and move to Southwest Florida. Here's the complexity of our given situation. We had competing commitments. On the one hand, we were committed to following after the Lord wherever he would call us. On the other hand, we had made several commitments to Northern Illinois, not least of which we felt like we were called to serve a church in Northern Illinois. But even beyond that, perhaps the bigger competing commitment was that my wife Lauren and I had decided that we were going to be foster parents. And uh, we had this little baby placed in our home to whom we had committed to God that while she was in our home, we weren't going to leave the state of Illinois because we didn't want her bouncing around between different foster homes. We said to the God, God, we're going to stay in Northern Illinois, either until she goes back and is reunited with her family of origin or when she becomes a permanent member of our home. So we had these competing commitments to follow God wherever God would lead and to be in Northern Illinois. In the fall of 2014 and into 2015, these two competing commitments were in a tug of war for our lives. Perhaps you've been in a similar situation where you had a difficult life decision to make. Those real life decisions sometimes feel like we're in the middle of a forest groping our way around amidst fog and in the cover of night. How do you know where God is calling you to go? Well, this is a series of five sessions that are going to be around the topic of spiritual discernment. And I'm going to be sharing with you four instruments by which I've come to discern the voice of God calling me through the fog and into the future. None of these individual instruments by itself is going to give us a clear picture of where God is calling us to go. And this list of four instruments is its actually not an exhaustive list. In fact, many books have been written about the different tools by which we can come to discern God's leading in our life. Rather, these four instruments, when we listen to them in harmony with one another, help us over time to learn to discern God's voice 
and to trust in him and to not lean on our own understanding, but to go where he calls us to go. In the next four sessions, I'll be outlining each of the four instruments. But before we do that, it's important that we pause for just a second and reflect on one thing that unifies all of them. Unless we look at this one thing, the four instruments that we study in the next four sessions will become things that maybe help us make wise decisions or things that make us make good judgments, but it won't be spiritual discernment. This one principle must be held in the back of our minds as we explore each and every one of the next sessions that we'll go through together. To get to this point, I want to read to you one single verse from the New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Corinth in which he wrote these words, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Throughout the scriptures, we see that the God who is revealed to us is a God who is the source of all wisdom, knowledge, and foresight, and more than that, God wants to give to us his wisdom. In fact, he freely gives it to all of us who call upon his name. And he does this by means of his spirit. The Spirit of God is the means by which God leads us in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He freely gives it to us through relationship with his Son, Jesus Christ. It's only through relationship with Jesus Christ that we receive the Spirit of God for means of discernment. So it's important that we understand this because we might have human discernment without the Spirit of God, but we'll never be able to have spiritual discernment without God's Spirit in us by means of his Holy Spirit, by means of his relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me illustrate it in this way. A couple of years ago when I was interviewing for the position that I now have, I was actually interviewing at two different churches. Both of these churches were large churches. Both of these churches were uh, churches that were evangelical, conservative churches. Both of the churches were offering an associate pastor position, and both of the churches were located in places I'd never lived before, and honestly, I'd never even visited them before. Here was the distinguishing factor between the churches. One of the churches had a well-detailed job description about what it looked like to be faithfully a part of the staff of that church. Actually, that job description looked like it had been perfectly tailored for me. If you would have asked me, write a job description that would take advantage of your strengths and your passions, I probably would have written one similar to that church. And then I was interviewing in another church. The other church had a generalist pastor job description. Now, from a worldly point of view, contemporary wisdom would say, go to the place that is going to take advantage of your experience, your strengths, and is going to play into your passion points. And yet, as I looked at these two different churches, I felt very much like the Spirit was calling me to go to the place with the generalist job description, which actually illustrates the point that spiritually th spiritual things are spiritually discerned. We can't do it without the Spirit of God in our lives. Wisdom may look like one thing, 
but the Spirit may be calling us to do something else. So spiritual discernment actually adds a layer of complexity to an already complex web of variables and consequences. And yet, it's not as simple as we choose to go where we feel called or comfortable going. And it's not as simple as just denying ourselves and say, we're going to go somewhere where we're going to be miserable. There is so much complexity and goodness, but it is all spiritually discerned. So in the next four sessions, what we're going to talk about are four instruments that are like instruments in a symphony that together play in harmony by the great conductor through which we learn to discern God's spiritual leaning, leading in our lives. In the very next session, which I've entitled An Open-Handed Peace, we're going to talk about how when God is calling us to something, it often comes with a peace that surpasses all understanding. In that session, we're going to talk about St. Ignatius of Loyola. St. Ignatius of Loyola was the founder of the Jesuit tradition. And that tradition has within it, for discernment, the idea of discerning by means of consolation and desolation. Consolation is this idea that when we are following after the Lord's leading in our lives, there is a sense of peace, of wholeness, a sense of the life-giving leadership of God drawing us nearer to him. By contrast, desolation is this idea that when we are actively choosing to go away from God's will, that it leads to a place of angst and a place of feeling like we're not connecting with God with that life-giving spirit any longer. This peace that undergirds our decision-making actually becomes a telltale sign. The Jesuit tradition continues, though. It's not just consolation and desolation. They have this idea of the prayer of indifference, which means not that we're indifferent to what the outcome of the decision is, but rather that we pray that God would make us indifferent to anything that is not his will for our lives. This indifference actually enables us to hold with open hands the decisions that we make in humility but yet with great confidence. This will be an open-handed peace. In the following session, which I've entitled Revelation, we're going to look at God's revelation to us. God's primary revelation to us was Jesus Christ, his only son, and the book that tells us about Jesus is the Bible. It's the leading story and the leading way that we can discern God's voice to us today. As Christians, we need to learn to live underneath the scriptures, to read ourselves into the story of God's people and to hear it that way. What I often observe happening with people is when they're trying to discern something, the way that they go about discerning this complicated life decision is they'll go maybe to the concordance in their Bible and say, what does the Bible say about, I don't know, marriage? And then they'll find all the things that the Bible says about it and then look at those passages and realize they don't actually relate to what they're wrestling with. Or, I see this happen a lot with younger Christians, they'll open their scriptures and say, Lord, speak to me, and just open to a random page and say, Lord, what do you have to say to me? And then they'll read something that has nothing to do with the question that they're actually discerning. In session three, we're going to talk about God's revelation and how to read the scriptures and understand how God is speaking to us through them. And in the fourth session, we're going to look at God's spirit-inspired people. In that session, I'm going to remind you of what we talked about today, 
that we cannot discern spiritually unless God's Spirit is living within us by, through relationship with Jesus Christ. And then, in light of that, we can learn to listen to the people whom God has placed in our lives who have relationship with Him. God has put very specific people in our lives in covenant relationship with us, whether that's people in the church, whether that's our spouse, or the people in our family who God has called us to love and trust and take care of. These people, in addition to pastors and spiritual counselors, become a powerful way in which we discern God speaking into our lives. And then in our final session, session number five, which I've entitled Limits, we're going to look at the actual circumstances of our lives. The limits of time, talents, and treasure that God has put around us that, we can, help, uh, that can help us learn to listen for God's voice. For example, sometimes God puts a limit in place that we just can't overcome. Maybe we can look at that and say, well, if this is here, perhaps God is not calling us to go that direction. But at other times, God, in almost miraculous ways, removes limits from our lives. In that session, I'm going to share with you a time in my life where God removed something that I had no control over. And through that, I discerned that God was calling us to go in a specific direction. So these will be the four sessions that we'll look at, the four instruments by which we can discern God's Spirit in our lives, not only through peace, an open-handed peace, and revelation, the Word of God, and God's Spirit-inspired people, but also the limits that God has put on our lives. Let me close with this. When we moved to Southwest Florida a number of years ago, I made a commitment to try to stay in contact with those people in my life that were really important. So I developed this practice every day where when I leave the church and I have that 10-minute drive home, I will call somebody who's important to me who uh, I may otherwise lose connection with back home. When we moved to Southwest Florida, my kids were really little. My oldest was only four years old and my youngest was only 18 months old. But through this practice of calling people on my way home from work, when I come home and my kids come running outside into the driveway to meet me, I've been amazed because all three of them, even the youngest, are able to just hear the sound of the voice of the person who I'm talking to coming through my car speakers by way of Bluetooth, and they're able to identify who that person is just by the sound of their voice. Even young kids can grow to understand the sound of somebody's voice, the unique thing that makes somebody who they are. And so too, we as Christians can, over time, come to discern the very sound of God's voice. Maybe not audibly, but we come to understand how it is that God is leading us through the fog of life, summoning us to put our trust in Him and follow Him. Jesus actually said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Between now and the time that you watch the next session, I want to invite you to look back on your life, some of those major life decisions you've had to make along the way. Through those decisions, how did that overwhelming sense of peace that surpasses all understanding lead and guide you? How might that relate to your present time? Be thinking about that and I'll see you again next time. Until that time, God loves you, and so do I.